Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 135 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. What's going on, everybody? There we go. All righty. Well, uh, what do we got shaking here? Uh, we've got coming up. Uh, so we've hit on the Edmonton Oilers a lot. I'll get back to some of your text, tweets, and emails on the Oilers GM search and on Ken Hitchcock as well. But at this time, we're going to head down to Medicine Hat, where game number three is going to take place between the Medicine Hat Tigers and the Edmonton Oil Kings. I came to the game Sunday. Highly entertaining hockey game. Oil Kings winning 4-3. After uh, having 50 shots on goal but losing Saturday night 2-1. In his first year as head coach of the Oil Kings, he finished first in the Central Division. He's going to be up for coach of the year, Brad Lauer. Hi, Brad. How are you? Hey, well, I'm doing fine. Thanks. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming you probably heard the news. Uh, John Cooper getting a contract extension. The the man you worked with for uh, a few years. Uh, maybe just educate our listeners on what it was like to be an assistant on that staff. Well, you know, I think it was. Uh, I mean, I heard this uh, a few, few weeks ago that uh, the uh, there was an offer represented to a few of their coaching staff, which is, I mean, with the type of season they've had, it's uh, tremendous, tremendous for, for for all of them. Um, you know, uh, coaching with Coops is is was uh, was very for me was very uh, very different than what I've been been used to. Um, you know, working with Boos Boudreau and and uh, a couple other guys, but um, you know, he's uh, he's a guy that kind of. Uh, he does a very good job of managing his players, controlling his players, and giving those players, uh, you know, um, freedom to be creative but still be responsible uh, defensively. Um, he likes the game being played, uh, a skill game, a fast game, but uh, not not neglecting anything from from defensive game. But uh, I learned an awful lot from him as far as uh, you know, working and dealing with, with players. I thought that was uh, it was a good situation for me. Um. You say you learn a lot. To what about how he treated the players? Was there? I got the sense that he's he's firm, but not necessarily aggressively confrontational. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say that that's that's pretty good. Uh, I would say that's very fair. I mean, um, to be honest, I mean, we never had a lot of bad <laughs> bad bad games. You know, we've had a you know um, you know he's one of those guys 
Um, you know, he can be, like you said, he can be firm, but for the most part, he's, he's, uh, he gives the players a lot of, uh, a lot of respect, a lot of opportunity to be, um, to be themselves. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's not always, when he's talking to players, it's not always, always about business. It's about his, you know, it's about their families, about how their kids are doing. So, um, he does a very good job of managing people. He's very good at that. Uh, we're joined right now by a guy who uh, got his team into, well, what can you say, first place in the Central Division. Two games this past weekend. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't see the game on uh, on Saturday just because we had our game, Brad. Yeah. But a 2-1 loss, and was it just the Mad Sogard show? I mean, you get 50 shots on goal, you should win that game, shouldn't you, most nights? Yeah, you know, I thought, uh, you know, looking back at it again on the bus coming down, I was, you know, kind of went through – the chances for chances against and you know I, I thought we played well um you know we we definitely had some nerves um we had some guys obviously you know playing their first first time being in the playoffs i thought you know we were a little little nervous at the beginning um we fired like you said 50 shots but i thought you know looking at those shots again that we, we, we got on that i would like to see a lot more traffic in front of them i mean Sogard's six foot seven, so he's a big kid. So I mean, you know, during the season when we scored goals, when we had traffic in front of the net, um, we were able to create the second and third opportunities. And I didn't think we did that the first night. Um, something that we addressed, and, and we did it in game two. Well, I mean, he's a six seven goaltender. Is, yeah. is it the easiest thing to, to get a, a net front presence with that guy? <laughs> yeah, some of the, sometimes it's difficult for sure, Bob. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where you. You, at least you got to get there and, and, and at least make it something difficult for him to, to track or see the puck, whether you're moving him left or right or or back and forth. But, um, I mean, that was one of the things that we, like I said, we were much better at that in game two, and, then, and I think that was one of the reasons why the outcome was different. Uh, they funneled a couple pucks through you as well in the game on Sunday. Yeah. I, I would argue they might have been a little bit lucky to have been ahead. So what did you say to the team? We're joined right now by Brad Lauer, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They're tied 1-1. Uh, in their series of Medicine Hat, the Oil Kings went 5-0-1 against the Hat during the regular season. Brad spent uh, times on Bruce Boudreaux's staff in Anaheim and the last couple of years of John Cooper in Tampa Bay. Uh, so your team's down by a goal heading to the third, second game of a series. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have a lot of playoff experience. Yeah. What do you say to your group in that scenario? Well, you know, it, it, it wasn't anything that we had to say uh, just before the second. I think it's something that we've been kind of saying um, – the last 10 games of the season, I mean, it was a tight division right right down to the end, and we try to treat uh, those last 10 games as playoffs. So, I mean, the message was, I mean, if things can turn at any time, and, and uh, whether they're positive or, you know, good or bad, you just got to be ready to, to handle those situations and deal with them. And, you know, I thought being down going into the third period, you know, I just said it's one shot. You know, we just need one shot, and then we'll, we'll go from there. And, and uh, you know, we're able to tie it up. And then, obviously, uh, to get the go-ahead goal late in the third. Uh, all right. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a bit. Okay. So, you know, you've only won 12 of your last 13 hockey games. But yeah. you have a nuclear warhead that's uh, in your organization and is now available to play for you. His yeah. name is Dylan Gunther. Uh, you know, I go back to Sam Reinhart playing with Kootenai as yeah. a 15-year-old. Now yeah. that his midget season is over, he's uh, he's eligible to play for you. Yeah, does does sure. it cross your guys' mind to insert him in a lineup? Uh, there, you know, we talk about that every day. Um, you know, I mean, he's with us. He's practicing with us. He's in our, 
he's going through the experiences right now with all our guys. So uh, he's in all the meetings. He is available for sure. Um, you know, we'll see how things go. I mean, there, he's definitely when he, when he played this year for us when we called him up, he, he played really well for us. He scored he scored two goals one game, and uh, you know both of them were very. <laughs> You know goals that that you see 18 and 19 year old uh, scoring this league, and um, you know uh, he, he's going to be a tremendous player in, in the Western Hockey League. And uh, whether or not we use him uh, in, early in the playoffs or or sometime in the playoffs, he's definitely going to play sometime. I think. Well, he got three goals and four points in eight games. I just pulled up Reinhardt here, yeah. and uh, Reinhardt played. Uh, yeah, Reinhardt had two goals in four games uh, as a 15, and then he played the uh, seven games uh, during the course of the. 2000. Now I'm trying to think back. Yeah, they want they uh, Gutney won the WHL championship that year, and Reinhardt played seven games for them during the course right. of the playoffs. So I might yeah. I might call Chris. Not in fact, I <laughs> spoke to Chris in the last 24 hours. That was his team that uh, he was. Were yeah. you, no, you were in you were in Anaheim at that point, right? I was gone then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and I mean it is it is it, and that's and I'll tell you that's why it crossed my mind was because yeah. I remember watching that series on Shaw TV at the time. And seeing Reinhardt out there, and, and I was like, this guy can play at this level. But yeah. the difference is, Reinhardt cannot shoot the puck the way yeah. Dylan And that's, I, I think that's Dylan the big, can. Dylan can flat out shoot the pill, can he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can. He can He can shoot. Actually, we talked about it because we had a light little skate today, and uh, when we came off the ice, and, you know, the coach and I were getting talking, and then that was one of the conversations we had that, the, you know, he's. he's his release is exceptional for his age, and 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 the and no, the shot for as hard it is and accurate it is, it's it's pretty impressive right now. Well, and it's an exception for Canadian players who are primarily pass first players, as you know, right, Brad? Yeah, like, no, yeah, like yeah. he's a, he's a different cat. All right, yeah. uh, what sort of what sort of things has meant besides uh, Sogard stopping forty nine pucks the first game? What have they done well to maybe uh, because I look at the depth yeah. of your forwards. No disrespect intended to Sean yeah. Luston's squad. But you yeah. guys are deeper up front than them. So what have they done that's that's made these two games so tight? Well, you know, I think the other the other thing that they're doing very uh, uh, an extremely good job at is blocking a lot of shots, Bob. But they had uh, we had 32 of our shots blocked uh, last game, and you know they're you know wow. when we go back and watch the uh, the offensive zone, um, we, we had a lot of zone time, but uh, they are they are laying themselves out. They are paying the price to to keep things make things difficult for us to get shots through. So. You know that's an area that we talked about today. Um, you know we got to either release it quicker or be ready to shoot off the pass, or or you know we we want net front, but we we can't have maybe two guys, maybe one guy's got to slide to the offside to to give our D another option uh, instead of just shooting the puck. Brad, best of luck, and we'll see you back here for Game Five on Friday. All right, thanks, Bob. You bet. That's Brad Lowry. He's the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And tickets available at Ticketmaster at oilkings.ca for Friday night's uh, Game 5 of that series. The series currently tied 1-1. It is 1.44 in Edmonton. Do want to tell you, the best pizza in the city still making it great. It's Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza has been Edmonton-owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. I know I... Uh, uh, get the home delivery courtesy of the Royal Pizza in Blue Quill. And the staffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. When we get. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Back this day in Oilers history. And we'll get to a lot of your texts, and there's a ton of them. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. You can text us at 630-630. Mike in Drumheller has texted us on our Heartland Ford text line. He says, Bob, you said the Tigers would be lucky to win in one game. The Oil Oil Kings are in tough for Mike and Drumheller. Mike, I got to tell you, um, there were some nervous moments in this building on Sunday. I mean, 50 shots on goal and you lose 2-1 and then you're down heading to the third period. And that's where coaching plays a factor and there's a calmness in terms of how Brad Lauer coaches that team. But the biggest, there's coaches that breed confidence in their players, and there's other coaches that take confidence away. And there you go. Uh, you could text us at 6.30, 6.30. Bob, Todd McClellan had Oscar Clefbaum heading for a career year before uh, uh, eating up minutes before injury. Um, this text comes in from uh, Eric from Drayton Valley. He says, Bob... I kind of agree on the text on Craig McTavish, but I wanted to see what Todd Nelson could do with Connor McDavid in the lineup. He did not get enough time as a coach. Well, again, and that's, I mean, there's been over the years. Like, this is, so I've done the color for 11 years and hosted this show now on Ched for nine. And in those 11 seasons, the teams had eight head coaches and four general managers. It's too much changeover. Need to develop a little bit of continuity moving forward here, right? I mean, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I tweeted last spring that I, or maybe it was in the summer, probably in the summer after the NHL draft in free agency, that I expected both Dallas Akins and Todd Nelson, one, at least one of them, to be an NHL head coach by this time next year, referring to last summer. I think Dallas Akins is a slam dunk to be the next head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. And I think Todd Nelson could be an NHL head coach. They do it differently. There's no question about that. Um, Bob, the Oilers need a general manager with salesmanship who's a strong negotiator. Do any of the rumored candidates have that? Well, I I, I guess we got to see who does. I mean, the guy I know the least a bit about is Ross Mahoney. I don't even know if the Oilers have him on the radar screen. But I got time for Ross Mahoney from what I've heard from some other people. So Terps out of Beaumont says, Bob, who is available when the Edmonton Oilers hired Peter Shirelli? Cheryl? Uh, I'd have to check that. I think Cheryl might have been available. 
Bob, leave Keith, bring back Todd. Referring Now, which Todd? Nelson or McClellan? Out of Brooks, Alberta, what about Craig Conroy? Uh, I, I don't know if that would happen. I'm, I'd have to look more into the uh, Calgary situation. Built a hell of a team this year. There's no question about that. Bob, will Chris Knobloch get consideration for the next head coaching job at Edmonton? And do you think Ken Hitchcock would get a look as an assistant coach? I honestly think, says this texter, that Keith Gretzky is the new GM. Uh, well, Chris Knobloch briefly played for Keith Gretzky at the end of his junior career. Um, is that something? I mean, if Keith Gretzky were to get the job, would you go with a guy who's never been an NHL head coach? I don't know. Kelly says, Bob, is jo- uh, Joel Quenville still on the market from Kelly? Yes, he's still on the market. And he's probably going to want $6 million a year or more. Bob, what about Trump for GM? You know you're Alberta. You're in Alberta when somebody suggests, what about Trump? Uh, no, that's just sports talk radio. People having fun. Oh, man, Trump for GM. I don't think Jack Michaels would be very happy for that if that occurred. I just get the sense. I, I don't think Trump's what the Oilers need right now, myself. You know, some people don't like bringing politics into it. The team is called the Oilers, so I think you know which industry I vehemently support. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, are you testing the waters on Gillis to see if there might be an appetite in Edmonton for Canucks cast-off? No, I'm not. If you heard my comments uh, with Elliot Freeman, you know that that's not the case. Okay. I, I might be more inclined to go with a guy who would be a first-time GM, that if, it, if it were up to me. But I'm not Bob Nicholson. From longtime fan Brad in Red Deer, Bob, help me out here. Taylor Hall has the pick of 30 teams next summer. Why on earth would he return to this completely inept organization and city that hasn't changed one iota since he left. It makes absolutely no sense. Thanks, longtime fan Brad in Red Deer. Well, Edmonton does have something that might uh, be of interest to an all-star caliber left wing. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Tyler from Saskatoon. Mike Babcock as GM head coach after he gets fired after a first-round loss to Boston. Brian S. says, Bob, one thing guaranteed to make a good coach, good players, and we don't have enough. Make America great again from Brian S. Bob, Trump is not a politician. He's a manager who has a politician's job. Bob, what about uh, Don Maloney? He did a great job with a small budget in Phoenix, and things seem to have turned around in Calgary since he went there from Brad. Hmm. Yeah, that's a... Actually, I've not mentioned Don Maloney. I think Don's a pretty competent guy. Let's go to this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Ask about their destination packages and corporate employee reward trips. Visit newwesttravel.com. On this date, 1985. 
Oilers forward Yari Curry, Bob, became yes. the third player in NHL history to score 70 goals in a season. He picked up number 70 in a 7-5 win over the Islanders in New York. All right, so you know hockey, right, Brendan? No. Can you name the eight players in NHL history to have scored 70 goals? Off the top of my head, absolutely not. Well, you got to get at least four or five. Okay. Well, two guys, two guys did it the same year. Gretzky, for sure. Yes, Gretzky's one. Topped out at 92. Did Mike Bossy ever get up there? No. Okay. Hmm. Gretzky, Curry. Yep, that's two. Messier? Nope. Interesting. Like, are we going back to like early, early, like Rocket Richard kind of early? Not that far back. All right. First guy to score 70 was Phil Esposito. So there's number one. Gretzky did it. Uh, Mario Lemieux did it. Yari Curry did it. That got that gets you to four. Okay. There's two guys that did it in the same year. The highest scoring year in NHL history, 92-93. Timo Solani and Alexander McGillney both got 70. That gets us to six. Bernie Nichols, and he was traded. I think he was traded either the year before or the year he was, um, the year he got the seventy goals. I'm doing this off the top of my head. So keep going. Can you finish off the read for me here, the back half of that read? Yeah, absolutely. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Call about their destination wedding packages and corporate employee rewards trips. You can visit newwesttravel.com for more information. All right, here you go. Espo in 70-71, Gretzky in 81-82, Curry in 84-85, Bernie Nichols in 88-89, Brett Hull did it with the St. Louis Blues, and then uh, we mentioned Curry, and then McGilney and Solani in 92-93. And that was sort of the end of the era for big-time uh, goal scoring. So there's your 8 times 70 for useless, superfluous. By the way, I'm going to ask you this question again at another date, okay? Okay. Now, what's your uncle's name out in Valley View again that texts the show? <laughs> oh, Wainwright, that's Uncle Peter, it looks like. Hey, Peter, nice job. Thanks for texting the show. You're right. Brendan's a rising star. He does a great job. And you know what? Mitch and the Greater had it. There you go. This text comes in saying, Bob, Donald Trump may want to build a wall around Quebec. And I think Mark Messier and Keith would work well from Larry at Athabasca. Oh, a wall in Quebec, really? Tomorrow, Craig Simpson will join us. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. City Ford face-off show at 5.30 tonight. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.